really have grit or do we sometimes have excuses? And we're going to dig into that. And I, and I pray my prayer for this whole thing as we do this, as it starts to unravel and it starts to come alive and to the individual that they start to have this awakening for their soul and start digging deep, digging real deep. And so uh, be in prayer for Pastor Josh. He had that, uh, that gout thing in his foot and struggling. And, you know, if he could be here, he would. He's one of those guys. He's got grit. <laughs> and, uh, you know, if he's not here, it's bad. Because he's the guy that I know for a fact, I've seen him walk up those stairs with frustration of personal pain. Um, but he's at home, so be praying for him this week. Um, lifting him up in prayer, finding out the answers, whatever the case is for him, for his body, his life, uh, in that. So we're praying for him. And uh, I'm going to get into this, uh, this grit. I'm going to kind of set a story real quick, and then I'm going to have my wife read um, where we're going to be landing. And um, the first part of grit is, is determination. Determination. Man, determination is, uh, I'll write it what it says in the, in the dictionary. Coming to a decision or fixing or settling a purpose. Fixed intention. Fixed intention. Determination. When you look up the definition of grit, it talks about determination. When you have grit in your life, it's determination. And maybe you sometimes have struggled with the determination aspect of your life. To really have determination. So many times I've seen it, and I said it in the first week, that we, we have people now that do whatever it takes not to work and have no determination. None, Mom. None, no work ethic at all. They will do whatever. If they could turn that determination into working instead of having, figuring out how not to work, my goodness. You see what I'm saying? So, but, but this happens in a lot of areas. We can say we're a Christian, but we can physically have good determination in our job, but we can be spiritually with no determination. And somewhere it has to balance out the determination in your personal life in all areas. The determination to do great things. When I think of determination, the Bible is full of examples of determination. I'm talking from the front to the back of determination. But I think for, for this setting and this place, we're going to get into Paul. I need to set the story before she reads the text. Of, of where we are with Paul. We all know that Paul was converted. His name was Saul. Have you ever been knocked off your high horse? <laughs> wow, what a moment. It can be so frustrating. But to have an encounter with Jesus changes everything. Completely changed this man's life, his appearance, his direction. The man was on a path with letters to kill Christians, knowing which ones were hiding out and causing chaos, that they said, in those cities. He had letters. He had money from the religious people in Jerusalem so he could go and try to take care of these people, lock them up, very determined in his path. And this encounter with Jesus, after Jesus rose from the dead, and he's wondering, why do you keep persecuting my people? But what's so crazy is, what gives me hope is that Jesus didn't just use somebody that thought they had it all together. He used somebody that didn't have it all together. Yeah. Why didn't you use one of the Pharisees that had been studying the law? I've always said this since I've started doing ministry and went to college, don't please push away the people that are very passionate about being different. 
I'm, t- I'm telling you, whether the way they dress or how they look or going in, you know, you see it. And if you've gone to school in the past or see it out and about, I mean, I remember going to school and there, was, there were all kinds of groups. I mean, we had gothic people wearing Jinko jeans. Jinko jeans. We had preppy kids. We had Goodwill gangsters and Kmart cowboys. And you know what I'm saying? Like, we had it all. And whatever the case is of how many piercings and how crazy the hair was and all this and that, they were making a point to be determined to be different. But man, I tell you, I've said it from the beginning. If it could just have one drop of Jesus, that fire and passion to be different can just alter just a little bit, can change everything. That was Paul. Very passionate and driven and determined. But the one encounter, one drop of Jesus. I'm not talking about the whole wave and the whole bucket. I'm just talking a drip. Changed everything. I've said it from the beginning. Don't count people out that might look crazy and weird and look different. They are determined to be different. That's just who I am. I'm living my life. I'm telling you that same fire and passion that causes them to almost be rebellious in a way, if Jesus Christ could just get a hold of that, will change everything and fight for the kingdom of God. So that's who he is. So I'm going to fast forward. They're on a journey. The disciples have, been, have blessed them and, and had conversation and caused them to go on their missionary trip, basically. What are we doing? We're building the church. And so they're going into the synagogues, going in on the Sabbath and talking to Gentiles and Jews and having conversation and like what we're doing and they're doing their thing and we're up here saying listen Jesus Christ died and he rose and he lives and he's good and he's good for you we don't discount what Moses did we don't discount all, all, all those guys but Jesus came and paid the price and bridged the gap so you can have total freedom that's what he was saying to these places and listen that's what we're saying today and so going and going on these trips, and, and, and he took this man, Bartimaeus. Him and Paul were close, very, very close. And they went on this missionary trip, basically, to different towns and cities, talking about the things of God. They were literally building the local church. They would go all the way through, and yes, did they have stuff go on? Absolutely, but they were determined to keep moving. Now look, we could have something go on and how many times do we shut down because we're just not determined? I'm serious. I mean, you, you start reading these stories about who these men were. Trying to take a boat somewhere and it gets shipwrecked. You almost drowned and you're barely fighting for air but yet got up and kept going. Getting beat to a point where they drag you out of the city because they thought you were dead because you were unconscious? That was Paul. They literally picked him up. You know, we, last week we talked about the four friends and somebody picked somebody up and they walked him around to take him to Jesus. Well, these guys did the same thing. They picked him up to throw him out the city in the trash. Oh, man, we killed him. We stoned him to death. He's dead. It said that they threw him out, out of the city and then he woke up. And when he woke up, he got up and kept going. They literally beat him to the point of knocking him out, passing out, and they literally thought he was dead. This is Paul. Now, I know that's pretty extreme, and some people would just be like, I'm done. No more. I'm over it. Can't have that anymore. But he kept going. And so they're taking these trips and they have this feud with some of the the different uh, synagogues trying to understand who Christ was and still, you know, don't forsake this and don't stop doing this. And people are so driven by that. Guys, I don't know if you know this or not, but this still goes on in church today. There's so many people bound by religion and by all the structure of it, they can't get free from it. 
that if you do something outside of that, it's considered a sin. For real. Considered a sin. If I was in a different church, and when we walked in this building and changed some things, <laughs> it would be all kinds of crazy. First of all, why do you have mountains on this, on this stage? Second of all, why is the wall black? And third of all, where did all the hymns go under the seats? You see what I'm saying? Oh, it gets quiet on this. But like I've said, many times, some methods change. We're not discounting the, the hymns. The hymns in the, in the, in the back in the day, and I'm not trying to get deep into this subject, but the hymns in the day we, that, that we occasionally sing off and on, we're basically preaching the gospel through song. And they're beautiful. I think they can get so overdone in a way, just like anything else, that they can become a shrine. You know, some places put Mary up as a huge shrine, which she bore Christ, and I get it. What a crazy woman that, that you know, had the opportunity and, and held that, but she's not my source. Jesus Christ is my source. This man was so determined, and they get back, and they went on this journey, and he's been beaten, and they've been talking about the things of, of God, and they finally get back to Jerusalem and get ready. They're starting to leave and go somewhere else. And Paul um, looks at Bartimaeus and tells him, he says, listen, let's go back to the churches, basically, where we came from, and let's encourage them. Let's see what they've been doing with what, what's been said to us by Peter and John and the disciples that we've delivered that message. Let's see how they're doing now. You know, we can't, we ain't got email, not even pen pal, not even, you know what I'm saying? Like, we got to literally go over there and have a conversation. And so, this happens, and he says, no, you know, why don't we take John, they called Mark. Let's take John with us to, on this trip. And Paul says, no, I don't want to take John. Because when we were on this trip before that we're going to go backtrack in, he up and left. So he doesn't know what's going on. He doesn't know what we had to go through. He honestly didn't know he was carried out of the city and beat. He didn't know what he had to fight for. So we're going to take this guy on this trip with us and just let him do whatever he wants to do with us and has no clue what we've been through already. Who had no grit, who left, wasn't determined, who went back to Jerusalem. Listen, Paul and Bartimaeus were so close. Like, it was all about them expanding the gospel to the regions. This conversation got so heated that they split their separate ways. And you don't hear of them coming back together again. This conversation was so deep. Their friendship was so deep, but the conversation was so deep that it separated them. I don't know if you've ever had anything with friendships and people in your lives that kind of shift. You have an option in that moment. What are you going to do about it? You're going to keep dragging it on and trying to figure it out? Or do you have to keep going with the determination of what God has given you to do? For real. So Barnabas took John, called Mark, with him. And Paul grabbed Silas. So Paul and Silas went on the trip. And here we land with one of the most famous stories ever told in the Bible that you hear in children's church, that you hear in Sunday school, that you hear preached all the time. The story of Paul and Silas. See, Paul, Silas was doing his thing. They were doing other trips trying to build the church. They said they were prophets. They were speaking the things of the Lord and all the stuff was happening. And because of how deep that went, the determination. See, I want to tell you something real quick. Just because somebody, like Paul had to stand strong. And just because somebody just shows up in your life, don't let them in those certain areas. Can, can I say that one more time real good and clear? Just because somebody is wanting to come back into your life that's left you, be careful what you let in. Be careful what you let in. It's very vital. 
I think it's like that in ministry. I think it's like that in, in doing things in the church or even in business. How many times are you going to rehire the same person that keeps leaving? For real? Yeah, well, we'll give him one more chance. You've given him four. And he keeps doing the same thing. And it's not that we don't care for people. And it's not that we don't want to help. But there's a bad problem, and we still have to be determined to keep moving what God has called us to do. I can't sit behind and still stay behind because you don't want to move. So Bartimaeus and Paul split separate ways, and their friendship went that way too, which is very sad. They were building the kingdom of God. Bartimaeus is going in his direction with John, and then Paul takes Silas on a trip. And they end up in the town. And this is where the story starts. So let's go to Acts chapter 16. And we're going to start in verse 16. And it says, As we were going to a place of prayer, we were met by a slave girl who had a spirit of divination and brought her owners much gain by fortune telling. She followed Paul and us, crying out, These men are servants of the Most High God who proclaim to you the way of salvation. And this she... be. And this she kept doing for many days. Paul, having become greatly annoyed, turned and said to the spirit, I command you in the name of Jesus Christ to come out of her. And it came out that very hour. But when her owners saw that their hope of gain was gone, they seized Paul and Silas and dragged them into the marketplace before the rulers. And when they had brought them to the magistrates, they said, these men are Jews and they are disturbing our city. They advocate customs that are not lawful for us as Romans to accept or, or practice. The crowd joined in attacking them, and the magistrates tore their garments off of them and gave them orders to beat them with rods. And when they had inflicted many blows upon them, they threw them into the prison, ordering the jailer to keep them safely. And having received this order, he put them in the inner prison and fastened their feet into stocks. About midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God, and the prisoners were listening to them. And suddenly there was a great earthquake so that the foundations of the prison were shaken and immediately all the doors were opened and everyone's bonds were unfastened. And when the jailer woke and saw that the prison doors were open, he drew his sword and was about to kill himself, supposing that the prisoners had escaped. But Paul cried with a loud voice, do not harm yourself for we are all here. And the jailer called for lights and rushed in and trembling with fear, he fell down before Paul and Silas. Then he brought them out and said, sirs, what must I do to be saved? And they said, believe in the Lord Jesus and you will be saved, you and your household. And they spoke the word of the Lord to him and to all who were in the house. And he took them the same hour of the night and washed their wounds. And he was baptized at once and he and all his family. And then he brought them up into the house and set food before them. And he rejoiced along with his entire household. And then that he had believed in God. What's crazy about this story is, like he had talked about when uh, Paul and Silas went forward, they began to pray about where God wanted to lead them. And at that time, they had asked God about going into Asia, and God said no in a clear voice. That wasn't where they needed to go at that moment. And isn't it crazy that sometimes, you know, God says no, but we choose to go anyways and do what we want to do. And at that moment, Paul and Silas, they listened to God and they said, okay, we're not going to go there. And you're thinking, well, why wouldn't God want, you know, are you saying God doesn't want them to hear about him? No, it just wasn't his timing. He knows when hearts are ready and things are open and doors are needed to be made. And maybe it wasn't Paul and Silas at that moment who were supposed to go in and speak the word of the Lord to them. But God knew exactly where they were supposed to be. And what's crazy is they end up in uh, Philippi which is part of Macedonia at that time. And they end up meeting a lady named Lydia, and she begins giving her heart to the Lord, and they stay there for a while. And then they go out, and they begin proclaiming the good news. And the whole key about determination here is that their goal, they were determined, number one, they had a fixed intent and a made-up mind. They had made a decision that they were going to go preach the gospel, go back towards the area where they had are already set churches and then go along the way and stop at places God had said and they were determined to preach what God had given them to give to give the word of the Lord to whoever it was it was their mission just like we talked about from the very beginning of this year the mission was to bear witness to who he is and bring glory to his name that's the job and that was what they were doing they were determined to follow the mission 
And so they had to have that made up mind. Isn't it funny that sometimes when things happen um, in our lives, whether it's split relationships or things go on, that we um, sometimes lose our determination and our focus at that moment because we become more focused on what just happened instead of what God wants us to do. And we can, it is because it, it becomes the bigger thing in your life. You're determined to either fix it or you're determined to stay mad, whatever it is. There's a determination in you that begins to focus off what God has asked you to do in the first place. And what Paul and Silas did, they were determined to say, no matter what's going on, we're still going to do what God has asked us to do. We're going to follow through. Our goal is to spread the word. And here comes this woman who is filled with uh, demons. She's demon-possessed. But what's funny about it is she's, she is agreeing with what they are doing. That's the funny thing about it. She is like literally saying, these men are coming to prepare the way of the Lord. And it's funny that, you know, out of even the mouth of the enemy, he was telling the truth out at that moment. But what was happening is she was stirring it up. She was causing issues. And Paul got annoyed. He got irritated. Have you ever been really annoyed with something? You know, where you just turn around and you're just like, oh, shut up. You know what I'm saying? It's like, good grief. Just stop it. Anybody have kids in this room? No, I'm just kidding, but for real. <laughs> Sometimes. But I, but I, think, I think that Paul, because she was telling, even though she was telling a truth. It was still. It was still because she was a fortune teller. Yeah. So Paul story. didn't want anybody to think that that was his partner. Yes, absolutely. He didn't absolutely. want them to think that, they're, that she's standing with him. That's right. And that's why he, he got annoyed. You ever oh, got, yeah. I get it. Watch out, Pop. Sometimes you can get annoyed with, I love you. Don't shake your head. Leave, leave that man alone. I know. 44 years. I mean, there's things that still annoy me. You know? I mean, ma married women. I'm sorry. Getting things stirred up. But, but what I'm saying is, you know, there's times that you get annoyed with things, even though they're speaking a truth. Yeah. It was in the wrong spirit. It was in the wrong spirit. It, well, and that's the thing. You know, it's like... <sighs> You go along and you're dealing with stuff sometimes in your daily life. I think it's the same way. You know, you, it's timing. Timing is everything that yeah. goes on. And sometimes I think we allow things that come along with the wrong spirit to still come into agreement with us. And then what happens is we are in the wrong timing of God or the wrong place with God or with the wrong people because that spirit begins to attach itself and it's in agreement with whatever you're doing, whether good or bad. Yeah. And what happens is you begin to pull that along as that's your pal. You know what I'm saying? I mean, Paul could have been like, well, she's telling the truth, whatever. Just let her keep following. But there was a frustration. He was just like, I'm over it. So what's he do? He just turns around and he's like, in the name of Jesus, come out of her. And what happens is it ticks off the people that she is working for because she made them a lot of money. And they were in a Roman uh, area at that time. Roman citizens were living there. And what's funny is Paul used to be a, Saul used to be a Roman citizen. And when he converted his life to Jesus Christ, um, he took on what it was to be a Christian and just laid, he didn't care what it was. It wasn't about being a Jew to him. It wasn't about being a Roman. It was just about yeah. serving God. And he still had Roman ties. Though. Yeah. And he did. And so what happened was it irritated the people that uh, she worked for and the city got all stirred up because they were like, uh, they're doing and teaching all these cultures and these things and this religion that we don't agree with. They're not following what we do. And it ends up happening that they end up getting thrown in prison and they get beat again. Yeah. I mean, I don't know how many times that man, he must have had nine lives like a cat. You know what I'm saying? Like he just kept getting beat again and then coming back to it. And what's crazy is here they are, they're wounded, they are broken, they're bloody, they are uh, bruised, they are in pain, they are uh, just literally probably at that moment kind of in shock like, wow, God, I thought you said we were supposed to come here. And God's like, yeah, you were, you were supposed to come here. And at that moment, their determination in the midst of that prison cell when they were sitting there didn't change from going to doing what they needed to do. It didn't change to go into, oh, I'm upset, I'm mad, I'm ticked off. God, why would you leave me here? Why did you send me here only to know I was going to be broken and only to know I was going to be bruised and beaten, only to know that we were going to struggle, nobody was going to listen, and we got some crazy girl following us, and I had to cast demons out of her, and I had to do all this kind of work, and there was no point to it. Who got saved, God? That's what I want to know. 
I mean, what was the point here? You know what I'm saying? And yeah, she got free from it. But do we know if she gave her heart to the Lord? We don't know at that moment. She was free from the demons, but did she go back to the people who were the same? Did she do that? We don't know what happened at that moment. We know the truth was seen, but in their hearts, they're probably thinking, what in the world? We were here to, you know, grow people and build church and do something, and now you've got us set in prison. And at that moment, they could have changed their whole mindset to that frustration. They could have changed their mindset to that, and that focus and that fixed intent could have been on complaining. But instead of doing that, they kept the determination to still preach the gospel through their praise. They were determined that in the midst of what they were going through, that their mindset was still going to be the intent to tell how good God was, who he was, and the glory of him, and bear witness to his name. And they begin to praise God in the middle of that prison, in the middle of their own mess, while they were bound and there was nothing else they could do. And sometimes I think we feel bound and that there's nothing else that we can do. But our choice at that moment, in the time we're where we are bound and feel that there's nothing else we can do goes from either we can change the intent to focus on complaining or we can have an intent to focus on praising because no matter where you are God's still God and he's still good it doesn't matter what you're going through and yes you may not want to hear that today because some of you may really be in a tough spot in a rough place where things feel like an in incredible indescribable struggle and that nothing is ever working out. And you're telling me that God sent me here? I don't think that's the truth. Well, I'm telling you right now, whatever God is putting you in, he's using it. He's trying to set you up for better things for down the road. He's trying to prepare you and get you ready. And if you would just choose to praise who he is and not what you're going through, if you would just choose to magnify God and not magnify your problem, if you would just choose to allow him to be the God of your life and not your problem be the authority that holds you in anymore what would happen is that it would move God it would move him with what's interesting about this story is that they were going to a place of prayer and they ran into Lydia and they said to her we're going to a place of she was in royalty she had garments she with purple and everything that she had, she had handmaidens. She had, it wasn't like they were running into a pagan or they were running into, she, they were running into a beautiful royal woman. And they said, she said, where are you headed? And they said, we're headed to a place of prayer. You know, and I started thinking about what you were saying and some of you, some of you have been headed to a place of prayer. And you try to get there. And there's times that God pulls on you to say, hey, come here. I want you to come this way. Well, hang on a minute. I got this to do, and I got this to do, and I got this to do, and I got this to do. And he goes, no, I, I need you to head to a place of prayer. I need you to go to a place. He wants us to go to a place where he is. And see, sometimes you don't think it's going to be running into demons. Sometimes you don't think, and that was just one determination they had when he said, I've had enough. You've annoyed me. Come out. So then right after that, Paul and Silas think, oh, man, this is good now. I mean, the demon's out. You ever, you ever uh, got to a place where you knew there was a deliverance and something happened and all of a sudden you rest a little bit and say, man, that was good. And the next thing you know, you're getting tied up. You're getting drugged. You ever, and, and God really spoke to me about this, Brandon. Some of you are not disturbing the city. It said these men are disturbing our city. Some of you haven't been disturbing the city. Some of you are so leaned back and not determined to focus, you don't even disturb a city. I think we've disturbed a city. And I think he's taken us to a place of prayer. Then right after they cast them demons out, he said, come out. Some of you don't even know how to cast a demon out. Some of you don't even know how to say, come out. Some of you don't even know that you have an authority to walk to this place of prayer. After that de determination to bring that out, the next thing you know, they got this situation with these rulers coming into a place and said they now they've just 
disturbed our city. We're about to take in that they went to an inner prison. You don't understand. They didn't have TV. Hope some of you are watching on here because some of you are even in the prison watching. You got a TV. You got your things all set right where you... That's not the prison that we're talking about. We're talking about a dungeon. We're talking about rats. We're talking about a situation. They've got them clothes stripped off of them. We lean back. We don't even find a place. Here they are again. Going to a place that we're... We're going to a place of prayer. You know what? Sometimes we don't even know that our place of prayer is the inner prison. They said at midnight they prayed and they worshiped. They found the place of prayer in the inner <laughs> in the inner prison. Sometimes he pulls on us and says, can you just lean back for a little bit? Can you scoot yourself aside in your room for a minute to pray? We can't even do that. We can't even be determined to get in our prayer and to get in our worship. They were so determined that the inner prison, you get some of you got an inner prison in your life. Some of you have found yourself in an inner prison in your own mind, and you need to be determined to pray. You need to be determined to worship. There was a determined focus that they had. Isn't it funny that at the end of, at the end of this story, he came back to Lydia? Lydia? Isn't it funny that all of a sudden there's a worship and there's immediate, a suddenly came in their determined prayer, in their determined worship, everything started rattling in their determination of their prayer, in their determination of their praise. There was a rattling start happening. Doors started flinging up. Some of you are being sitting there waiting for doors to open. Get in your prayer. Get in your worship. Doors will fling open. Things will shake. There'll be a determination. Paul cried with a loud voice. Some of you don't even have that determination to cry out with a loud voice. Lydia gave her heart to the Lord. Her whole family, they went to their house and their whole family was baptized. There's been 17 people in the last three weeks give their hearts to the Lord in this house. Four in the back room, four in the children's ministry. Something's going on. The doors are flinging open. There's a sound, there's a rattling that's happening. There's a prayer. There's a worship in the middle of, it might be in the middle of the most intense prison in your life, the most dark place. The only person that knows the dark place is you yourself. The only person that knows that place of whether it's rejection or whether it's abandonment is you yourself. Can you praise in the middle of that? Can you pray in the middle of that place? And here they are. All the rattling. The doors are opening. The guards give the hearts. He said, stay right here. He even tells the guards, stay right here. All the fetters, the chains. Can you imagine fetters on your, on your legs? We're not talking about, oh, I'm going to jail. And I hate that some go to jail. I've been in jail. Huh? Pop's been in jail. Shame the devil. Did I like being in there? No. Did that scare me? Yes. Have I been in jail twice? Now I'm going to get really in trouble. I started crying out to God. I said, what in the world have I done? How did I get here? I know how I got there. I was doing things that I shouldn't have been doing. Some of you are in jail in your own self because you know you've been doing things you shouldn't be doing. But are you on your way for prayer? Are you on your way for praise? Well, I think we have to fight the, the spirit of indecisiveness. And I think that there's so much in us in our spirits that we don't really realize is there. Because in reality, if you were made in the image of God, 
then you have the ability to have those things that he's created in you from him to come to pass. And that means you have the ability to have determination to focus on him and build relationship and to love and to have joy and to have peace and to have patience and kindness and goodness and gentleness and faithfulness and self-control. You know, all those fruits of that spirit, you have that ability in you. But what I think happens as we come down the line to it is that we just deal with a lot of indecisiveness. The ability, the inability to make a decision, to just say, this is what it is. This is where I am. I mean, you, you ask a lot of people, you know, well, what do you want to do with your life? Well, I don't know. Well, I don't know. I'm still trying to figure it out, you know? And, and a lot of these are, are people who have maybe been in college for a little while or, you know, tried to search out courses and do things. And I think what happens is things get thrown in your path so easily. So then you grab just like they could have grabbed on to the fortune teller, you know, speaking and doing and what she did or anything else that came their way or the complication of their um, circumstance changed, could have changed their path, but it didn't. And I think that's what happens, you know, with people is that, we have things come down along the line, which is called life. Life happens. Things take place. You don't choose. None of us know what our day is going to be like when we walk out this door. It is beautiful and sunny, but inside all hell could be breaking loose and it'd be rainy and stormy. You don't know. Do you see what I'm saying? Things can happen in an instant. But I think that's where we have to fight indecisiveness. Because no matter what happens in our lives, no matter what we face, no matter what circumstances come our way, no matter whether we're sitting inside prison literally or a prison of our mind or we're struggling uh, physically with, because we feel literally broken and bruised in our bodies because of just health and things that have happened or whether we have relationships that are broken or things going on, I think what happens is we have to fight against that indecisiveness. The inability to make decisions. It starts with things that are so simple. Like, how many of you cannot even decide what you want to eat for the day? Where do you want to go? I don't know. Where do you want to go? I don't know. Where do you want to go? I don't know. And I'm like, and everybody seems to come to mom. Mom, what are we having today? Well, how does mom get the right to go? I don't know. Everybody figure it out. I don't know. No, mom has to make a decision. Somebody's got to eat, you know what I'm saying? And the fact, and so, uh, and, and not saying dads can't do that too, but in the reality of it is that somebody has to make a decision, you know? And when it comes down to it, I know Brandon sometimes will say, well, you're the one who has all the allergies and all the things going on. And I'm like, well, I'll still eat wherever I go. It doesn't matter. I'll figure it out. And there are times like I'll sit in the car and I remember looking at everybody and I'm like, I'm not deciding today. Well, Why? Because I decide every day, somebody better make a decision or we're going to sit here. But the fact of it is, is indecisiveness can instantly throw your path off. It instantly can throw you. And then what happens is indecisiveness leads us to laziness and being lackadaisical. Because after a while, our whole life is that thought. We have no determination after that. We become lazy and lay in it. It's just like, oh, whatever happens, it's just going to be what it is. And I don't know what I'm going to do. And that's okay. We're just going to figure it out. God's going to tell me one day or another. Well, maybe God's already told you. You're just not determined enough to do what you need to do to get there. Do you see what I'm saying? You have to be determined to get up to go to work every day. You have to be determined to get up and eat every day. You have to be determined to get up and move every day. If you need to exercise, you got to be determined to do that. You have to be determined to take care of yourself. You better be determined to brush your daggone teeth. You know what I'm saying? You have to be determined in everything you do. You can't just go, well, it is what it is. Everything's just going to happen and be what it is. You make a decision and you fix your intent on that. And I think that's why we struggle so much across the board is because we change our mind so flippantly and so easily that we never stay with one thing long enough to fight for it. You have to fight for your relationship with God. It is a fight. It says every day you fight against flesh and blood. The carnality of this world, you have to choose 
to determine yourself to follow after God, after God and do what his will is. Again, it's following that mission. If God has put us on this earth to be a witness to who he is, you must be determined to be that example in your life in everything you do. You can't just be like, well, I don't know. It'll be all right. Somebody will do it and figure it out, and I can just take a day off. It doesn't work that way. Paul and Silas were determined where they were in the midst of that jail cell to give God glory and praise so that somebody's life could be changed. And again, we said it to the women, and I'm going to say it here. Your praise and your ability to be determined and focused on God can shake the foundations of hell. It will literally change everything. And because of your praise, God will move to where you are. It changes everything. You have to be determined. You must have a fixed intent. So good. What's so crazy about this is that you would think after the first time and maybe the second time you're walking down the street going to pray that this crazy woman's going to say one more thing. I'm going to have to go down a different path. Like, it's just like, let's try to keep turning down here by McDonald's and act like the traffic's not going to be jacked up because of the construction. I'm going to go a different route. But they just kept on the same path. They kept staying focused on it, and it got to a point where she annoyed so much. And it's almost like, almost, it could almost be a thing of making fun. Oh, here are the guys. They're going to prepare in the way. Yeah, he's Jesus. He's going to be. They're going to. And I, would, I wish I would have been a fly on the wall. Come out. Look up. And trying to figure out who she was again. It said it disrupted the whole city. So that means that the whole city was relying on her to tell them their future. And when two men come in telling them who the future is and who the past was and who can be now, Jesus Christ, it disrupted the whole thing. The guy can't even do his job anymore, collect his money from her. Let me tell you your future. Let me read your palm. And whether it was true or not, these people relied on her resources. I mean, you got to be kidding me. Comes out and then they keep going and they snatch him up because the girl don't even know what she's doing now. She don't even know, why am I even here? There's clarity to her mind. And I, I can tell you this, here at Remnant Church, we've made some noise in this city. We've been making some noise in this city. It has shook things in this city. And listen, we ain't done this alone. We've not done this alone. It's taken other people to help shake this city. Other organizations that help shake this city. Individuals that go out of their way to help shake this city. With one goal. Jesus. Determined to reach one person for Jesus. Jesus. So determined. It's funny because they said that when they grabbed them, they stripped them and they beat them which is not really funny. I think you got two situations here. You got Paul, that's already been beat a few times, and you got Silas that really hadn't experienced it at all. And I would just wonder what would be said in the moment of being whipped with those sticks on the back. Paul telling Silas, keep the faith, Silas. Keep the faith, Silas. Don't stop, Silas. Stay focused, Silas. Keep the faith, Silas. And it says it caused an uproar. See, there wasn't an uproar until the man came out and he started making mention. Look, he told you she did this for you and she told you this. And, she, and it can't happen anymore because it's not there anymore. And the city went in uproar. Well, what are we going to do without her? I mean, we don't know what we're supposed to be doing. See, when you let go of all that anyway and just grab a hold of Jesus Christ, he's going to guide you and direct you and help you through every decision you have. It put it in an uproar so bad that they, were they beat them, but the city was still trying to destroy them. 
that they take them to jail and put them inside the jail. <coughs> Not just jail. Like she said, the inner part of the jail. Away from the walls. We need to put them right in the middle of the jail. Away from any kind of windows or any way to be heard out or anything like that. We need to stick them in the middle of the jail where it's more secure so that nobody can do whatever or they're not going to stir anything else up. Right into the center. See, they were, de they were determined. It didn't stop there. They still were determined. They had grit. See, God's looking for some people to have grit. We give these examples. It's not like, oh, do I need to go to jail so I can see what they felt like? And No. Some of you are in a personal spiritual jail yourself. Get out of it. Worship out of it. You bind yourself with your past. Let it go. I can't. I'm this. I'm always this. I'm that. Let it go. We bind ourselves. See, it was never about the outer walls. It's always been about the inner walls. Hear me real quick. It's never about the outer walls. It's always been about the inner walls. Into the holy of holies. Jesus died on the cross, tore the veil so you can walk into the innermost parts of the holy place with him. To the most inner parts. See, it's never about the outer, but see, too many times we put on the outer, show our best, and hide the rest. But it's always been about the inner parts, the inner walls. It's always been about that. We can act like it's all good, and we know we're struggling in this, and we know we're not, we don't have the determination, but we say, well, I'm a, yeah, I'm good. It looked like you got Botox. You stuck. Let's be real. It's always been about the inner parts of the place, the inner courts. It's so sad because some people are so afraid to take steps into that with Jesus Christ. I, I, I'm going to tell you for real. You would have more liberation if you would just take the faith steps to go into the inner courts of who Jesus is. Instead of lingering in the outer courts and in the hallway and way out there, just take a step. He said it's freely come. Come. Come get in it. But we can't shut our mind off. Because our mind keeps telling us what we did wrong and we guilt and shame keep pressuring us down. There has to be a determination. That I don't care and they're being beat and they're, they're being drugged and grabbed and thrown into an inner cell. And they're locked up with their feet, sitting on hay and crap and pee and rats and everything else. It ain't like, can I make a phone call? Can you turn the channel, please? When's my meal coming? They're sitting in the most disgusting smell, the worst outhouse you could think of. Gross. And they're sitting there together. One huge mistake they made was putting them together in one room. But I can tell you this real quick. Be careful who you roll with. You'll see their true colors when chaos arises. Be careful who you roll with. Because there, there could have been an opportunity where Silas is sitting there with Paul and we're bound and now this thing's bleeding into their legs and their backs are raw and they might have to lay back in the hay with cut up backs and what have we got ourselves into? Why did I choose to go with you, Paul? What the heck's going on? I've been trying to just talk about the church and I'm sitting here getting beat. I, just, I don't belong here. You don't hear any of that, but it could have happened. I've seen it too many times. People get through, go through a tough time and they fall apart. And it really goes to show, where was your faith? Where were you? And I hate to say it, but when 2020, in the beginning, in the year ago today, we would be at home doing this. You know how many people are falling apart and still ain't come back to church? You know how many churches have closed? You know how many people have got a divorce? You know how many friendships are lost because people were trapped in a house together and didn't know how to communicate? Are you kidding me? 
This is all over the world. You would be shocked to hear the statistics. It would blow your mind with what has happened in one year. Not just the death, and I'm telling you, that's, that's, that's tough stuff. We know people personally that's died from it. But everything else, friendships, marriages, schools, kids, learning, all the above. Silas could have been tore up. Paul could have had a moment like, man, I've already was beat once. I mean, you got to be kidding me. We were just going to the church. I don't know how your day's been, but on your way to church, you could have had all hell break loose today. I don't know how your week's been, but your week leading up to church could have been the worst week you've ever experienced. Could have destroyed everything. You could have lost a friend, a job, every, all the, it doesn't, it could have been horrible. But now that you're, you're there, what are you going to do about it? Now that we're in this place, what are we going to do about it? God is looking for people to have grit in their life and the determination to not trying to like, okay, let's figure out. I can take my shoes off real quick. Maybe I can slide my feet out of this. Or maybe if I do this, uh, is there a way out of here? I wish MacGyver was here, man. He could really help us. I need bubble gum and a little twine. And You see what I'm saying? There was no like, let's figure out a way out. It's like, let's figure out a way in. Come on, church, you got to hear me. Let's figure out a way in. The only way out of this is go in it. The only way out is in. I got to dig deep into that anchor. I got to dig deep into that. And it said at the midnight hour that Paul and Silas started to sing hymns, songs of the Lord. But see, at the midnight hour, they say the midnight hour in general is the darkest hour. In, in general. It's, it's on the verge of daybreak to the new day. Gradually coming up with the horizon of the sun. We're at the midnight hour. I don't know about you, but I don't know if some of you in here at that moment where it feels like the darkest place and I'm just trapped in all my chaos and all my circumstance and you're sitting bound in it. It did not stop. Their determination was still the same. I'm still going to preach the gospel. I'm still going to worship the Lord in all circumstances. I'm not going to stop. I might be bound here. My back is bloody. It hurts. These rats are nasty. It smells bad. It's not going to stop what's inside of me. Faith under pressure. That's what grit's all about. So when pressure comes and tries to trap you, let your faith come out. Not your flesh. Not your, uh, I, I, I'm still stuck. And not your, uh, I'm just still worried about this and all this and this and this and this and this and this and this. All of that's not going to change anything. All of that you've been doing. Let's try something else. Let's pull on the Lord. Let's dig deep on the anchor of our soul. Let's pull on what Jesus says in the word of God doesn't change that you're going through it. It didn't change that they were still bound and they were hurt and they were bloody and they've been sitting there all day probably. They were going to the house of the Lord. They didn't usually go to the house of the Lord at the midnight hour. They went during the day to talk to the people that would be in the synagogues. So they sat there all day. All day. Why didn't he come earlier? Why didn't he come within the hour of me being here? We don't know. God's timing is always good for what he needs to display his glory. See, here's the thing. Where's, where's my scripture? Psalm 34, 3. Oh, magnify the Lord with me. Let us exalt his name together. Oh, magnify the Lord with me. Let us exalt his name together. Man, I'm bound up. I'm shackled up. My back's bloody. I'm in a mess. I'm not, this ain't even my town. I'm just here trying to build the church. Oh, magnify the Lord. See, what was going to happen is it depended on what you magnified. Whatever you focus on is what you're going to magnify. 
If you focused on your pain, that's all you're going to magnify. If you focused on why you're in the jail, that's all you're going to magnify. If you focused on your past, that's all you're going to magnify. If you focus on your problem, that's all you're going to magnify. And the Lord's not going to get lifted up. Your problem's going to get lifted up. Your situation's lifted up. Your, your bounds lifted up. The prison cell's lifted up. We're giving glory to everything else. Who beat me is lifted up. Everything else is lifted up. The jailer's lifted up. But not the Lord. When you magnify the Lord, no matter your situation, it lifts up the name of Jesus. Determination. Determination through it all. Not like, oh, chains are off and I'm gone. I didn't get beat. I walked right through it. Listen, please quit believing the lie. When you're a Christian, you're not going to go through problems. You're going to go through problems, but problems won't have you. You might be bound, but it didn't have them even though they were bound. Guess what had them? Their faith. Their determination of moving forward. That's what had them. What are you focusing on? What are you magnifying? Take a picture of something, you magnify it, and you expand it, you make it two times bigger, three times bigger. What are you focused on? Are you set back in your ways right now because you keep magnifying the wrong thing? Are you still locked up and bound because you still haven't magnified the Lord, but you have, you have expanded in three times the size the wrong thing? Good stuff. Magnify the Lord. Let's exalt his name together. Wow. So we got to quit playing the same script over and over. If God is the author and the finisher of our faith, and he writes the story, we got to quit playing the script of our past over and over again. There has to be a determination somewhere where it has to end. We have to quit playing the script. Let him write the story. Tell the new script. The page is turned. What's the script today? It's time to pick up God's script. You know what it is? It's the grit script. That's that script that has that determination, that magnifies the Lord when, when everything is not right. The determination that, that, that says, look, we're gonna, I'm going to keep going. I, I might be bound. I can't move my feet. I can't get up out of here, but you ain't going to stop my praise. You ain't going to stop me lifting him up. You can bind me. You can put me in a closet. You can do whatever you want, but if I got some lungs left, I'm going to say it. Long live the King of kings and the Lord of lords. He's good. I'm going to say it. What's funny is I preached a little bit about this almost five years ago. We just got in this building. It was New Year's Eve. And what's crazy, what's so crazy is that it says, you might have to turn him down a little bit. It says that Paul and Silas at the midnight hour started to sing in the things of the Lord. The ways of the Lord. Talking about who he is. They that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall walk and not faint. They shall run and not be weary. They were talking and singing the things of the Lord and it says that they were in the middle of the cell. God put them right where they needed to be because in the middle of the cell it echoed through the whole place and it says the prisoners were listening. Listening can be understood in three levels. I said this five years ago. I found it and I put it back in here. I'm going to say it again. And if you were here five years ago for this, you need to figure out where you are in this moment. Listen can be understood in three levels. Alerting, deciphering, and understanding how the sound is produced and how the sound affects the listener. The listener, the prisoners were listening. It alerted them, they deciphered it, and it affected them. As a result, they were set free. Hear me one more time. The prisoners were listening. It alerted them. So they started listening. They deciphered it. What are they saying? And it affected them and it set them free. It affected them with the decision. 
That decision that affected them set them free before the earthquake ever did. They were set free before the, the chains fell off because the things of the Lord started pouring into their souls. And then we got a guard. They were so determined because they were so selfless, not selfish. If you're selfish, you're going to figure out a way out of your chains, and you're going to keep fighting and do it the wrong way. If you're selfless, you're going to dig deep inside of your soul, and you're going to let the, the King of kings and Lord of lords get glory no matter what you're dealing with. They were selfless. It said the guard was asleep. It was at the midnight hour, and he was asleep, laid back, and it started to shake, and all the doors opened. He was asleep during the song, during the praises, during the stuff, and it said it started to shake, and it said he woke up, startled him. What's going on? What's going on? And he's trying to get to a place, and then he's going to try to, I'm going to have to kill myself. I can't do this. I'm going to ring the bell. I can't do this. And it says that, that Paul and Silas said, no, don't ring. Don't do it. We're here. Don't ring the bell. Don't do it. We're here. Don't kill yourself. We're here. We're all here. We're all here. Remember last week, whatever it takes, this man was about to kill himself. This guard was determined. I've, I'm done. I'm done. Everybody's open. I fell asleep. I need to end my life. Didn't matter about his family, his kids, his wife. And they yelled. It said with a loud voice, we're here. Don't do it. We're here. Don't do it. We're all still here. Don't ring the bell. We're still here. And it said the guard, I need a light. I need a light. And he got a light and he went in and he saw that Paul and Silas and their chains were off. He looked around and all the chains were off of everybody and the door hinges were off. Hear me. There are people all around. You have to have determination in your life because there's people all around yelling, I need a light. 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 A Christian's joy comes within and it doesn't depend on your outward circumstances. You need a light. And what's crazy is he got a light to see what, they were, what was going on, but the real light happened when he gave his heart to the Lord. He got a light that lit him up, that lit his entire family up. It said that they were bound and they got up. Now, hold on. We're good. We're still here. Don't kill yourself. Don't do it. Don't murder yourself. We're good. We're right here. Everybody's here. And he said, I need a light. And he went and he looked. And then he said this, the next words that he said, he's holding a physical light, but he got the biggest light he could ever have in his life. He said, what can I do to be saved? What must I do to be saved? What must I do to be saved? Now you're talking, Paul and Silas, kind of shaking a little bit. I've been sitting all day. My wrist, my ankles, everything's all jacked up. I've been sitting all day. I can't do this. And he said, let me tell you about Jesus. Their determination from sitting in the posture of being beaten, but their posture was with the Lord in worship. It didn't matter their circumstance on the outside. And to that point where he said, you need to give your heart to the Lord and let's get baptized. Side note, coming soon, we're going to get ready to baptize some people. we got to fill that pool up real good. We're going to be baptizing people. People have been giving their heart to the Lord. We're going to baptize people. We're going to have baby dedication coming up soon. So get ready if you're going to get baptized. So he's getting baptized. He's, he's like, what should I do to get saved? And he, he starts talking. And the jailer's like, look, let me take you to my house. And he led the, the whole family, the kids, to the Lord. And at the midnight hour, within that, the day breaking, guess what? There's a new day. And guess what happened on the new day? The new day, salvation exploded. Yeah. It said it broke on the midnight hour. In the new day, salvation exploded. They got baptized. The house was flipped upside down. And there was a determination. And guess what? The ones that bound him laid them down and cleaned their wounds. 
cleaned Paul and Silas, laid them on on their bellies, cleaned their backs, and, and bandaged them up. Woo! I'm telling you, there's a determination. A determination to do something great. A determination. A determination. Stand with me. There's a determination. God is looking for a determination. you got to have grit. You want grit? It's a determination. It's a determination. See, there are people around you every day that are listening. Hear me real quick. There are people around you every day that are listening to what comes out of your mouth. There are people around you every day listening to what comes out of your mouth. Woo! Are you Are you speaking the things of God? Are you not? What are they hearing that's coming out of your mouth? Is what's coming out of your mouth leading people to victory? Or is it leading into something else to keep them bound? Is what's coming out of your mouth leading people to victory or bound? Listen, it says that they listened and they heard. And when Paul and Silas started, to, it, it affected them. They, they were affected by it. They were content by it. They, they started to hear and it changed something in them. When you are in your everyday and you might feel bound, what does people hear that come out of your mouth? Even if you don't think they're listening, is it going to bind them or is it going to help set them free? Can it be that your worship and the determination could help set others free around you? Can it be? God's looking for determination today. He's looking for people to have grit in their life. To, to no matter what, you can bind me, you can wrap it around me, but I'm going to still sing the things of the Lord. I'm going to still keep moving forward. I'm going to wait on the Lord, and I'm going to mount up, and I'm going to get stronger, and I'm going to keep moving forward. I'm going to lift him up. I'm not going to let my past dictate my future, dictate my joy, dictate anything else. You can cut me, you can whip me, you can bind me, but I choose to serve the Lord. You got to get determination in this grit. Where you have grit is determination. We are having determination with the things of God. And my thought to you today, we're going to open these altars, but I think for you, there's nothing I can do to pray over you right now. It's what you can do to praise Him through right now. It's what you can do to get in the inner course of who He is. Dig deep inside, no matter what you're facing, no matter what you're going through. We are going to leave this open for a few minutes. We're going to dig into God. These altars are open. I encourage you to come and worship. I encourage you to come and take that step. I don't know if you've been beaten spiritually. I don't know if you've been distraught. I don't know what the case is. But I know there's a healer in the house. I know there's a God that can set you free today. He's that good. He's so good. Come on, let's worship him today. These altars are open. Come on, let's just worship him today.